Hi, I'm Una Chaplin, and I'm the host of a new podcast called Hollywood Exiles. It tells the story of how my grandfather, Charlie Chaplin, and many others were caught up in a campaign to root out communism in Hollywood. It's a story of glamour and scandal and political intrigue and a battle for the soul of a nation. Hollywood Exiles from CBC Podcasts and the BBC World Service. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. So for a little while, we didn't really have a heartthrob at the moment. Then all of a sudden, we have a bunch. If you've been watching TikToks of Jacob Elordi on repeat, uh, you might know what I'm talking about. What is going on, though? Today on the podcast, we are in a new era of heartthrobs. The group chat is here. Let's go. I'm Alameen Abdul-Mahmoud. This is Commotion. Okay, so today we are talking about heartthrobs. I'm excited to do this because Jacob Elordi is everywhere. So is Barry Keoghan. Then there's that Jeremy Allen White, Calvin Klein commercial. You can't pretend that you don't know what I'm talking about, okay? We are seeing that a certain kind of thirst is back. And I'm interested in this because I haven't seen this thirst in a minute. And the way that people are being so public about it is uh, is exciting. I think that is exciting to me. So what makes a heartthrob and why are they having such a moment? Manuel Bencourt, Lainey Liu, and Jen Sufan Lee all have thoughts and feelings. Welcome to the group chat, y'all. How's it going? So many feelings. Hi. (laughs) I'm ready. Thank you for bringing your feelings and your thirst and whatever other energies you have. Manuel, I'm going to start with you on this one. I think we got to maybe start with a definition here because it's a slippery term. I think when people hear the term heartthrob, they maybe think of a lot of other things. What comes to mind for you? I'm asking because you've literally written the book on this. So go off. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, to me, it's a very, it's a slippery term, but it feels self-evident, right? Like heartthrob is someone who makes your heart throb, like someone who elicits a kind of visceral, very physical reaction that maybe you didn't even know you were going to have. So Mm -hmm. when you see a really hot actor or hot musician and you're just like swooning or, you know, thirsting or, you know, I also love the idea of thirst because it's like this idea of like being parched. <laughs> it's this sort of like instinctual thing yeah. that your body is the thing reacting. So when you see, you know, Jeremy Allen White's CK ads, you're just like, <gasps> so you're stopping in your chest and your heart is throbbing. It's sort of yeah. start, it's sort of like really pumping yeah. uh, blood to everywhere and anywhere. Uh, and to my mind, you know, when I think of heartthrobs, I think of like, right, like those men in my in my teenage years, although I continue to thirst after a lot of people. Sure. To me, the heartthrob par excellence for myself was always Ricky Martin. Ooh. Uh, you know, the, okay. the, the the gyrating hips that, you know, changed millions and millions of lives in 1999 uh, and continue to do so. Yes. Uh, but but I think you're right. I think we're experiencing, I think that's like sort of the last time that I can remember. I was like, it was so front and center, uh, that we were really encouraged to look at men, to thirst after them, and that men were inviting that kind of gaze. I yeah. think that might be the, the thing that you're sort of uh, recognizing that might be uh, different from from years past and heartthrobs past. 
That is totally the th- you're, you that you thank you so much for putting the words in my brain because like I'm like what has changed? It feels like something has changed for a period of time. It just kind of felt like I don't know. Desiring men feels publicly feels uncomfortable for a lot of people, um, and maybe I think like that was sort of in the in the shadow of Me Too, Laney. It so, sort of felt like desiring men is like where is this gonna take us? And now we are fully in our you know back in our heartthrob era, or at least like that's how it feels like to me. Lainey, who's the heartthrob of the moment for you? Um, of the moment for me yeah. this week, because I am one of those <laughs> like, teen girls forever. Yes. So I will, you know, crush. Um, my crushes are fleeting and often. Um, but right now I'm crushing on a heartthrob. His name is Chan Woo. Um, he's a Korean pop star. Um, he is a member of the boy, like the band Astro, but he's about to launch his solo debut. So he's so beautiful. Um, so that's, that's, that's the guy for me right now. It's, you know, I, I was listening to, uh, Manuel speak and I was, um, you know, thinking about, you know, even just the term heartthrob, it's mm. also a little corny and cheesy. Mm. Like yes. it, it is not the coolest thing to call someone <laughs> or to say about yourself. Right. And yeah. I'm just saying that it's like a corny thing to say, like, look at that heartthrob. And you kind of, <laughs> and it evokes, like, you know, those romance novels from back in the eighties, like the Fabio thing, like yes. a mane of hair in the background mm. and someone with his shirt off that is hard throbby so it's a little bit corny a little bit tongue-in-cheek um where you kind of laugh at yourself for those feelings that mayo was describing right yeah. you're kind of like i'm so embarrassed for how i feel <laughs> but i can't help it um that's what heartthrob is and is it isn't it hold on who was it last week laney just because we're moving heartthrobs week to week <laughs> last week it was barry keegan yes barry but I, still oh, barry keegan buddy, but just right now we like got a lot yeah we got a lot to talk about in terms of barry keegan i'm going to come back to that in a minute jen sufon lee is your heartthrob at the moment barry keegan well he's like a half a heartthrob for me by the way i love <laughs> How much we're saying the word throb on CBC Radio. That's like, let's just keep saying it. By um, all means. Right now, well, he's been my heartthrob for a little while. It's Donald Glover. I love him so much. Yeah. And anytime I see his dimples and it's just... Again, the heart just throbs. I'm going to keep saying it. And I'm glad that you are. You know what? The heart throb, it's a thing that we can talk about. I think the, the one we got to talk about for a moment, Manuel, is, is Jacob Elordi. Um, I see the internet just having uh, collective, I don't know, just like vertigo over this man. Um, there's a lot of passing out over Jacob Elordi. And I love it. Well, I love all enough. <laughs> yes, he is tall enough. Um, I, around the time the Saltburn came out, Jacob Elordi and Barry Keoghan interviewed each other in this bit for British Vogue. I want you to listen to this. I speak like Irish, English. No, you have a great accent in the film, though. Oh, yeah, I do, actually. Really good. So do you. I you're, just want to say that. You're Everyone re- You're a really talented guy. No, leave it no, out. You're man. a really talented, handsome guy. You think so? Because I, I think don't think that about I think you're a really talented supremely handsome guy. Do you think I could, like, lead movies in that? 100% you're a leading man to me. <laughs> uh, Manuel, are you blushing listening to them right now? Is that what's happening? I mean, like, they're... they're <laughs> that is exactly what's happening. So first, I do need, we do need to talk about Elordi's height, because I think sometimes my friends and I will say, is he hot or is he just tall? But not about him, but about, like, just a lot of people <laughs> that are, like, six foot like five. is he... Is, yeah. Six foot five, which yeah. is, it is tall. He's tall. tall just for normal people, but also specifically tall for Hollywood. Yeah. 
Um, but what I love about that clip is this sort of like kind of coy flirting that's happening between Elordi uh, and, and Barry that kind of mirrors what happens in Saltburn, right? Like Elordi is the one who's confident, who's in control, and Barry sort of like egging for a kind of approval and validation and yeah. sort of not believing it himself. But of course, the movie ends with this amazing naked dancing scene where we see what's underneath there. And we're like, Barry, you should feel fine being a heartthrob. You are like you have the body for it. <laughs> and it's like you can do it. Um, yeah. Last year for Valentine's Day, he came out with a bunch of uh, images for Bumble, wishing us all a happy Valentine's Day in just tiny little shorts. Like he's clearly playing into it and sort of maybe he's like coming into his heartthrobness. But I think, uh, as we were talking about before, there is a kind of like discomfort about, you know, inhabiting that and sort of yeah. owning that because there is still a little bit of uh, shame and there's a corniness and there's a, you want other people to call your hot tub. You never want to sort of like take it on to yourself. And I think that's what he was asking sort of Jacob, but I will always blush when um, two young, very attractive men are sort of kind of flirting with one another. <laughs> uh, Lady, I think that Manuel is bringing an important distinction here, which is that, you know, it sounds like you can be a hot actor that everyone agrees, hey, that person is very beautiful, but they don't quite qualify for heartthrob status, which is to say they're not really doing anything with their personality that gives you heartthrob energy. What is the difference, would you say, between the two of them? I think that there are, and it goes back to, if we're talking about actors, right? It yeah. goes, it goes to the heartthrob actors were the matinee idols. Um, and so those are the ones where you blow up a poster and, yeah. and then, you know, this is no judgment, but there are the actors who are not the heartthrobs, but they get the serious roles. <laughs> and there was always a disconnect. And I wonder if as we're getting more varied in our tastes and, our attractions are more diversified than those two things, the heartthrob and the serious actor, the distance between them is closing. Mm. Um, and in that respect is where we find Barry Keoghan. Um, I have a different opinion on Jacob Elordi. I feel like Jacob Elordi, yes, people are thirsting for him. Facts, can't dispute that. I think that he has a complicated relationship with his looks. It's that classic, like, he's in his 20s, so he's kind of like, don't care about just my looks. I'm a serious actor, too. <laughs> like, you know, I did the kissing booth, and I'm kind of embarrassed about it because, like, my content is really more Emerald Fennell, and I want to work with these auteurs. And, you know, all of them have been through this path. Ryan Gosling went down this path. Robert Pattinson went down this path where he was like, don't just think that I'm just a hot guy. I want to make I'm serious, serious movies. Leo DiCaprio is the arch person right. of that, exactly. that trajectory. Leo DiCaprio after Titanic. Yeah. And then they eventually all come back around, except Leo, in their 40s where they stop <laughs> taking themselves so seriously. Right? And Ryan Gosling is out here kenning for his life, and it's the best performance of his career. So Jacob Elordi has a lot to learn, and I'm a little bit impatient with his, like, shtick. I'll say that. Jen, what's your take on this idea of the heartthrob becoming a guardrail and a limitation for people? Um, I think that when people think that, like Jacob Elordi is quite young. Yeah. They're not looking at like the long-term benefits of it. Yes. Like my when my first book was published, right, I was like 30. Yeah. And like I was a lot cuter and like tighter back then <laughs> and fresher. And I remember uh, somebody interviewed me and was like, uh, what did it say? Something like Jen Suk Fong Lee is a, has a pretty face and no sex sells. That was one of the first interviews that ever came out about me. Oh, my God. And I was furious. I was like, no, I'm a serious writer. I'm a literary person. Now I'm 47 and I'm like, I wish someone said I had a pretty face in public. Like it's not <laughs> happening anymore. But like, I think what they're not looking at is the long-term goal, right? Like yeah. when you're 
a really attractive young person, it sets a foundation for interest, just interest, right? And then that interest is going to evolve into something like you're not Jacob Elordi is not always going to look this way. I mean, maybe he will. I don't know what he's what fillers he's going to use or whatever. But (laughs) um, he's going to evolve his tastes in roles are going to evolve. And he's not quite seeing that yet. And I think that's what they have to think about 20 years from now. Having a pretty face when I'm 25 actually is not a bad thing. Uh, if I you, also think though, oh, it's like about who you seek validation from. Yeah, yeah. When, when you are a heartthrob, um, and the people who are doing the thirsting are essentially women and gay men. Mm. And the fact of the matter is, is that is that the audience you care most about? Because we will take you to the highest level. We will support every song, every movie, every book, whether it's serious or whether it's heartthrobby or a rom com. But you are you valuing that audience, or would you rather seek validation from straight men, and therefore you have to go serious? I think it's a deeper conversation um, mm. that we can like that. That heartthrobbing is really interrogating right now. Is who we consider to. Be be the fans we value, which is why I always will F with Harry Styles, because he never <laughs> turned his back on female and gay fans. Yeah, he's never tried. He's never tried to do the thing where he goes, OK, I'm going to go try to speak to the men because that's where you find seriousness. That's never been the Harry Styles right. thing, nor is it ever going to be the Harry Styles thing. Manuel, you look like you wanted to add something there. Do you want to add something? Yeah, because I think it, it the heartthrob now sort of ties into um this like crisis of masculinity, right? And it's about sort of mm. like, well, men are not supposed to want this attention. And if they're not supposed to want this attention for the sheer pleasure of that attention, which is obviously what we demand of young starlets, all that like young women all the time, and they get to leverage it. And they somehow that is sort of more socially sanctioned than young men being like, you know what, I'm really attractive and gay men find me really attractive and women find me really attractive and young women, right? Like you think about like the teeny boppers, like those kinds of fans are always like discounted or seen as like lesser than or like fickle. Yes. And so therefore not worth nurturing. Uh, But that is a very uh, sort of short-term kind of a blind spot, I find. Mm Are vegans actually unhealthy? Does cannabis ruin your sleep? And why are so many men taking testosterone supplements? I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And we're the creators of the popular YouTube channel, ASAP Science. Every week on our podcast, Side Note by ASAP Science, we explain the science behind a controversial subject with recent research, up-to-date studies, and ridiculous stories so you are entertained while, bam, simultaneously learning. We're here to make science make sense. Download Side Note by ASAP Science wherever you get your podcasts. Folks who are just joining us, my name is Alameen Abdul Mahmoud, and this is Commotion. We are talking about the return of the heartthrob. Lainey Liu is here. Manuel Betancourt is here. Jen Suk Von Lee is here. All right, uh, Lainey, you might remember where you were on January 4th, 2024, when this happened. You don't own me I'm not just one of your many toys Come on, the reaction to Jeremy Allen White's Calvin Klein ads Lainey, it was nuts I've never seen anything like this There's something just so unabashedly thirst-trappy about that reaction There's something so unabashedly thirst-trappy happening right now why do you think that is happening? Are we just more comfortable with men being objects of lust right now than we were for the last 10 years? I, 
I mean, I, I'm pretty sure we were always comfortable with men being objects of lust. Like, or maybe it's just me and I'm a forever perv and I only like <laughs> put a perv lens over everything that I do. Yes. I think it's a very specific kind of lusting though. And it, I do think it relates to like the whole baby girl thing hmm. um, that yes. took off like last year. Where, do you want to explain what that is? Yeah. Yeah. So baby girl, like one, it really kind of reached critical mass with Kendall Roy. Um, from succession yeah. and the internet started calling him baby girl because Kendall was constantly a loser and we were pulling for him, but also he kept disappointing us. And then like, you know, part of us were like, like all of us were like, okay, I, should I just hold you? Like maybe you just get called. He is and so then, baby girl. You know, it's true. Yes, exactly. And so Jacob Elordi is also referred to as baby girl. And I've heard people refer to Jeremy Allen White as baby girl because of his character, Carmi in beef. And so, like, finally, baby girl, happy new year on January 4th, comes out, takes his clothes off, shows us what baby girl's been hiding underneath. And we were proud of him. We're like, yes, <laughs> baby girl, like, we held you and you butterflied out into the world. So I I do think with a lot of these, a lot of these heartthrobs right now who we're lusting over, yeah. there's like, they are exhibiting pain in their characters and their work. And the internet is not only like, I want to have sex with you. It's, I want to hold you first. Mm. No, I want to comfort you first. And maybe that speaks to the times we live in and how confusing it's been and scary it's been to live in this world. Maybe it speaks to just a softer kind of masculinity that we want to see. But I think that that there's something there in terms of how we are treating and like, um, you know, associating with heartthrobs right now. Yeah, I think, I think Lainey's right. I think it's this, this idea of the hardness of those abs and the tenderness that uh, army sort of elicits. And, you know, I, I also think of like someone like Pedro Pascal, who obviously we all know as like the Mandalorian and The Last of Us, who's like so rugged and handsome, but obviously there's clearly a tenderness and there's a softness and there's this thing where it's like, you just want to both hold him and be held by him. And I think it's in that. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's the same thing with Jeremy Allen White. Like you you want to comfort him, but also you want to be comforted by those arms and those yeah. like that beautiful torso. And I think it's, I think that's where it's different. Like when we were looking at Marky Mark, like he was very confrontational, even in the way that he was shot, right? Yes. Like he's holding himself as like, be like, I dare you to look at me. Yeah. Jeremy is not doing that. Like Jeremy is inviting your gaze in a very uh, sort of soft and comforting kind mm -hmm. of way. And I think that opens up a level of lust uh, that I think is kind of novel. Because um, I think often when we think of yeah. male pinups, they have always been confrontational because masculinity is about rigidity. It's about hardness. It's inviolate. You're not, it's, it's almost like they're like statues. They're made of stone and you really like, you can't really get through them. But that is clearly... Um, changing. And I think we're seeing a sort of a, a newer generation of heartthrobs, like really blending. And it does feel sort of like gender bending in the, yeah. not in the sort of like what they're wearing, although some, some of them are doing that, but in the, in the way that we respond to both, we have socially been encouraged to respond to both genders. Yeah. I think that there, you think you're right. There is both a hardness and a vulnerability to Jeremy Allen White in those ads that is like really striking, but you don't see in the, um, in the CK ads past, Jen, beyond Jeremy Allen White for a moment, uh, if we can, um, <laughs> what what is it about this moment in time that has allowed us to be so comfortable with public thirsting? What, how do we get here, do you think? 
Um, I think there's a couple of things. I, I, I often think about um, book talk, the people who talk about books on TikTok and, yes. and the um, sort of thirsting that they do about romance novels has been going on for a while now, a couple of years, I would say. And it made that sort of thirst really public and really like sort of unashamed um, and very open, which I think sort of is a foundation for where we're at with Jeremy Allen White, right, yeah. for example. But I also think that, like, when we're talking about, like, masculinity and what is desirable masculinity, that conversation doesn't happen unless we're also talking about feminism mm -hmm. or just, like, gender in general. Like, yeah. I think that the conversations we've been having about women and, you know, um, toxic masculinity or problematic, toxic, uh, problematic masculinity has led us to the point now where desire is evergreen. Desire is something that we always want mm -hmm. and has led us to a point where we're looking for masculinity in different ways um and we're starting to appreciate masculinity in you know i hate to use the word softer because it's not like jeremy yeah. allen white looks real soft he doesn't no. but like i you know but looking for masculinity in ways that are a bit more perhaps you know nurturing or whatever whatever it is that we need yeah i laney i think that's that's my read too my, my read is that after, I mean, it particularly shifted after Me Too, I think. Like after 20, 2016, 2017, it kind of felt like, hey, all of these male idols that we hold and sort of idolize, we don't know if they're safe in the same way that they were before, right? Like we were sort of learning um, about a lack of safety in a lot with a lot of these men. And it, it felt like at least from 2017 until maybe 2023 or so, we kind of put the heartthrob on a pause. We, we said, we're going to come back to this in a minute, but right now this concept is not really serving us. And I, I sort of look at that period of time and there was a real drought. There was a real drought of like the man of the moment, if you will. And now you have a whole bunch of offerings in the category, whether it's Jeremy Allen White or Barry Keoghan or Austin Butler or Timothy Chalamet, like there is re there's really no shortage of of men, particularly heartthrob men, to, to to sort of like lust after. How what do you make of that that shift that we went through from like maybe 2017 until now? Well, I think you know it, it, the shift. I think also is um, you know related to where culture and influence comes from. Mm. Um, you know, you just named, and I know, like, this is just who the culture is talking about. You named four white men. I did. That's true. So when we're talking about inclusivity in terms of the evolution of what masculinity is, I would say being myself of Asian descent, we were seeing a softer kind of masculinity in K-pop. Um, especially mm. with BTS a while ago. Yeah. And think mm. about their influence and the influence that has been spreading with K-dramas and Korean-influenced mm. culture in general and how that works on the internet. Right. And I think it's just shifting over to the West, frankly. Mm. Um, now, I think when white guys do it in the West, it's celebrated. But I do think that Unfortunately, there is still an embedded stereotype against Asian men hmm. or, you know, their feminine qualities, so to speak. And so I'm interested to see how it gets more complicated as we talk about this in terms of an with an inclusive lens. When we talk about black men being softer and modeling a different yeah. kind of masculinity and Latin men and Asian men, how the culture will react to that. Will we be as thirsty? Will people push back on it when it's, you know, mm. a more uh, an Asian man with more delicate features? Um, I don't know. It, it, I have I have optimism, but I am also bracing for 
grossness. And I think that's actually a perfect place to leave it. Lainey, Jen, Manuel, thank you so much for being here. This has been a delight. Thank Thank you. you. Manuel Bencourt is a writer based in LA. His book is called The Male Gazed. Lainey Liu, the legend, is an ETOC senior correspondent and the founder of LaineyGossip.com. She's in Toronto. And Jen Sukfan Lee is a regular here on Commotion. Her memoir is called Superfan, How Pop Culture Broke My Heart. And she's in Burnaby, B.C. me 20 pounds you promised to put me in a magazine on every table in every lounge because you're gorgeous i'd do anything from the peak era of the heartthrob you might say from 1996 that is a bit of baby bird with your gorgeous listen you're gorgeous and that is it for the podcast today remember you can listen to any episode of commotion Anytime you like, wherever you get your podcasts. If you got a moment, check us out on Instagram. We are at CommotionCBC. My name is Alameen Abdul Mahmoud. I'm going to be back tomorrow. You're gorgeous. Stay gorgeous. For more CBC podcasts, go to cbc.ca/podcasts.